Welcome to Come and See, your podcast for finding truth in a world of chaos. Brought to you by All for Jesus Living Waters Ministry. With host and founder, Richard Case, and co-host and retreat leader, Kathy Riccone. Join us every weekday at this time to discuss news, spend time in the Word, and receive answers to your personal questions about living life in God's truth. And now your host, Richard Case. Well, Kathy, it's uh, uh, good to be together again and uh, uh, go through another opportunity to, to share uh, the truth as we uh, come and see finding truth mm-hmm. in uh, a world of chaos. Um, last time uh, we talked about uh, hearing from God uh, and the process of that all of God's sheep uh, listen and are able to hear uh, God's voice, and it's not um, special. Uh, it's not gifted to a few people uh, or not possible, uh, but that uh, every one of us uh, can hear voice, particularly as we learn what it means to abide in the Word mm-hmm. because He center, center it around uh, the Word of God, uh, but He wants to speak to us because we have the Holy Spirit uh, within us. Uh, and I know this is a very confusing area, uh, for people because, uh, the, t- uh, most churches has, have moved away from any thought that you can personally, uh, hear God. Mm-hmm. It's just study the Bible and do the best job you can, uh, and follow what you can do. Uh, you pray to God, but uh, you don't really expect expect to hear any, right. any anything else. So our prayers uh, tend to be fairly uh, shallow, and they're actually backwards, as as we'll we'll talk about. But we actually tell God what we think we would like Him to do. Uh, and what happens uh, is that uh, as we uh, pray and say, "God, would you do this?" Here's my list of things. Um, and then, of course, a lot of that doesn't happen. Uh, it doesn't mm-hmm. come through for them the way they, they wanted God to act. Um, and then a- actually what that leads to is discouragement. Uh, right. With a wonder of, is God really there? Does he really care? Uh, why are my answers mostly no? I see some people you know, have their prayers answered, but I don't seem to have mine answered. Um, and God said, well, prayer isn't, uh, you telling me what to do, but it's rather me dialoguing with you to lead you down the path of what I want to do uh, mm-hmm. for you. It's called, you know, my will, uh, living in the kingdom of God. Um, I was in a, a, a church uh, once where I uh, was a senior pastor for a while, and we had uh, 35 staff members. Um, and when I took over, uh, the staff really wasn't used to even gathering together. Um they were just kind of independent, doing their own thing. So um, I gathered them all around in a circle our first uh, week after the service that we did. Then we gathered them around to, to talk about the service. And I said, well, let's, why don't we all pray uh, and uh, and see what we would, we would talk to God about. Uh, so I had all 35 around the circle uh, individually pray. Mm-hmm. Um, and they prayed for God, would you? God, would you? God, would you? Uh, so I, I recognize that. And uh, so I met with them individually the following week. Uh, 
And I said, you know, uh, Monday you prayed this. Uh, do you believe that it's going to happen? And the universal answer was, well, no. Mm-hmm. Um, most of the things I ask for don't happen. Uh, but aren't we supposed to pray that way? Uh, and I said, well, you have it all backwards. Um, I said that prayer uh, in our time with God is actually a dialogue with God. It's like mm-hmm. talking to your spouse, talking to your kids. You're with them and you're back and forth discussing uh, things in terms of what would you say to me, God, and how would you lead me? How would you guide me? Because your will is best and none better. Um, mm-hmm. And I want to follow you. And instead of me deciding what I should do uh, and what I should uh, ask God to do for me, he says, I want you to go the other direction and ask me for my will because I can lead you into the best uh, and the covenant life that I'm going to bless you to make you a blessing uh, life. Uh, So it's an interesting thing. I think when you think about prayer, one of the things I see so often is we tend to treat it like no other relationship we have. And you know, if I walked into the room with my husband and I simply just told him everything I wanted and walked out and said, (laughs) amen, I'm done. That that would not be much of a relationship that wouldn't last long or go well. Yeah. We do that with God. So often we walk in, we tell him everything we want, what's on our heart. And then we're like, okay, we're out. I got things to do. And he's left sitting there going, but I had something to tell you. I had answers for that. You know, don't you want to know what I have to say? And I love as we talk about prayer and and hearing God's voice, I know you'll go into this more, but um, I love the model that David has in in his prayer life. I always tend to go back to that because he does fully express honestly, exactly what he's thinking. I mean, God already knows anyway, right? So he doesn't, he doesn't sugarcoat it. He tells God what he's thinking. And then he comes right back under and surrenders and says, but what do you have to say? Right. And, and comes under that and in a listening in a dialogue and a surrender um, that creates this beautiful relationship. And, and, you know, and God says, he's a man after my own heart. And you see that intimacy between the two of them fully developed. Well, that develops in prayer life. That's right. And, um, uh, and we, as we look at abiding and this aspect of uh, our relationship with God is based upon our ability to hear him. Uh, so mm-hmm. that in John 16, uh, uh, verse 24 and on, uh, Jesus had told his disciples that um, you really haven't understood prayer because you haven't had to. It's uh, mm, a good point. <laughs> uh, and because the reason was that they were with him. Mm-hmm. So their dialogue, see, was personal. It was every day. It was all the time. It was about any questions they had. Jesus would make statements. And, and of course, they would say, I don't think we're getting this right. I'm not sure. Sometimes they pursue it. Sometimes they wouldn't. Uh, but he walked them through life with them constantly in dialogue with him. So he says, you haven't learned prayer at all. You haven't had, haven't had to. Uh, but now you're going to pray to the Father because I'm going away. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to be uh, at the side of the Father. Um, and you will pray to the Father in my name, in the power of my name, in the relationship, because we're going to put the Holy Spirit within you. And your continued uh, prayer is going to be just like it was during those three years, uh, that you'll be able to talk to me and I'll talk to mm-hmm. you. Um, and it'll be the same. 
uh, the same way I did. Jesus said, I did what the Father I did nothing except what the Father spoke to me. As I talked to him, uh, now you'll be able to talk to him and be just in the same place that we always have been. Uh, and, and somehow through the uh, centuries, it kind of got lost. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that prayer then became more formal and more self-centered, really, in terms of, well, here's right. what I'd, I'm praying for you to do. And we've lost that uh, essence of the dialogue that we have available to us because we have God in us. We have Christ within us through the Holy Spirit. And we can now dialogue and hear and understand his, his will. And he says, you right. know, my sheep hear my voice um, and they understand it. So. Um, we're going to continue that. We encourage people to uh, uh, have an open mind toward it and that it's going to be uh, based on scripture. It's going to be based on mm-hmm. uh, experience of what we've understood it. It's not something that's strange or way out there and turns out to be hokey. It's literally for every person that's a believer that can you know hear his voice. Um, so let's uh, let's go today as we go deeper into this uh, with... Um, the understanding of uh, what does it mean to get into the the word? Uh, what does it mean to hear God's voice through the word, which is where he's going to primarily uh, speak to us? So uh, let's go to 1 Corinthians 2, uh, 9 to 16. I, I put that up on the screen. Why don't you, if you can, why don't you go ahead and read that for us? Great. But as it is written, what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love him, these things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except the Spirit of that person which is in him? So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given us by God. And we impart this in words, not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. The natural person does not accept the things of the spirit of God, for they are folly to him. And he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. The spiritual person judges all things, but is himself to be judged by no one. For who has understand the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Yes. Yeah, such a beautiful uh, scripture. Um, So that's Paul uh, writing to us. uh, And he says, uh, no ear has heard, no eye has seen uh, what God has prepared to reveal to us. So it's a very Mm -hmm. powerful statement um so you know when he's talking about well you can't really receive what i'm going to speak to you with your uh, eyes and ears you know what is he really saying there kathy what what does that mean how we approach this this whole thing of, of receiving revelation well for one thing it's not always going to be logical right <laughs> you know we're not necessarily it's not going to make sense to us it's not always going to be something that we can see or hear exactly that would line up with what our experience is because it is supernatural and he can see things and knows things that we don't right all right so um uh, it's not he's saying you can't actually there's not possible he says no i has seen and no ear has heard what god is prepared to reveal he says, um, if you approach the word, if you approach the relationship with me intellectually, 
uh, solely mm -hmm. intellectually uh, through your logic and you determine what you think is correct or not correct or what do you think is valid or not valid or whether you think your decisions are right or not right. You look at everything based on your analysis, mm -hmm. uh, our human perspective uh, in our faculties that we use. Uh, and he says, uh, and the other side of it uh, is, I've prepared for you based on today. It's always interesting. Mm -hmm. He said, I'm preparing for it every single day. If you have a heart to hear it, uh, it's called uh, what he is going to reveal. Uh, the word there, reveal, is disclose, uncover, uh, show you the truth through what mm -hmm. he's going to do in a spiritual way. Uh, so that if God is doing the revealing, who's initiating that? God is really initiating God. that, yeah. Yeah, see, he's the one initiating it because he said, I'm the one that's going to reveal things to you about all things in your life. And that's why prayer, by the way, would, would be back to, okay, Father, what would you say, say to mm -hmm. me about this? What do you have to say to me about this issue I've got, about this problem I have, about this decision I have, about this thought I have? Um, and he says, well, let me reveal my answer to you. Uh, it's revelation. Uh, and then mm -hmm. he tells us, he said, um, it doesn't happen in the natural it happens, he says, uh, through the spirit, through mm -hmm. the spiritual process. Uh, now, this is really kind of cool how he did it. Um, when we become a believer, who is placed within us? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. Yeah. Um, and he says, I place myself, and we read also in John that when you have the spirit, you have the Father and the Son. Mm -hmm. So that Christ himself, uh, God himself, the Holy Spirit himself is now resident within our soul mm -hmm. and he's placed within us. Uh, and so he said the ability to receive revelation uh, is now uh, actually my work inside of you to receive this and then translate it. Mm -hmm. So that you understand it. So uh, when we talk about the logic and the intellect, it's not to abandon it, um, which is where the sometimes the spiritual aspect of people who say they have the, you know, they're following the Holy Spirit gets lost because they start getting very strange in what they think God is saying because they rely strictly on emotion. Uh, mm -hmm. Well, that's not it either. Uh, it's that we take our, our thoughts, our an understanding, our intellectual faculty, our logic, and we subordinate that. Yes. To what we're hearing from the spirit as our primary way of receiving mm -hmm. it, because he says it's a spiritual process um, and the spirit is the only one that can do this. that can translate it. So in verse 12, uh, he uses a verb. Uh, he says our role is to receive mm -hmm. freely what the spirit is is giving us at all times. And, and, and the word he uses the word freely purposely that. There's actually no condition other than you have a heart to receive it. Mm -hmm. uh, so what this means, Kathy, is that um, he wants you to switch from being a go-getter. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go figure this out. I'm going to go study the book of this because I need to get answers and I'm going to analyze it myself. He says, get, go the other direction and stay in that role of being a receiver. I'm going to reveal. Mm -hmm. 
And this is what we talked to you know, last time about, is God always talking? Yes, he is. Uh, he has revelation. He has insight to give you. And so our position is to move into that place of being a receiver uh, mm-hmm. so that he can freely give everything that he, that he wants to speak to us. Right. Can you um, blow out that idea of receiving a little bit more? And I'm saying that just because I know I came from a very conservative background um, in terms of growing up in the church. And it was not until a few years ago, really, that I, I kept hearing this word receive, receive, receive. And it was really foreign, honestly, to what I had learned because I was more in that Bible study. I just go learn, 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 and do, do, do. Right. And there is a big difference between learn and do and receive um, right. because that receiving takes place to the core. And so can you talk about that if there's, in case there's other listeners who also were like, okay, that's great, but what is that word? I really haven't learned it. Right, right. Um, well, um, when you're not receiving... Uh, look at the opposite. What what are you doing? If you're not receiving, what are you doing? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you're 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 acting on your own initiative. Okay. Um, so um, I'm not I'm not attempting have a heart to let anyone else give me something. Um, I'm always in a a uh, task orientation mm-hmm. of doing and, and yeah. giving. Uh, well, and I think it stays sometimes in a knowledge mode rather than in a heart mode because right. there's a posture that goes with receiving, right? Right, right. So that, um, you know, if you think of uh, something as simple as uh, Christmas time um, and you're exchanging gifts uh, and you're the parent, let's say, and you give, give, give gifts to your kids and you never receive them. You never receive anything back. You're just strictly mm-hmm. giving and going after. I'm deciding what to buy, what to do. I'm going to give it to them. And I, that's all I do is I just mm-hmm. act. Um, okay, well, you you can't be in any position to receive anything because you don't even think that way. Right. Uh, well, my role is to yeah. give or to do or to act or to think or to make decisions on my own. Uh, now, Uh, Let's look at your kids. Uh, If you say, I have a gift to give you here at Christmas, in order for them to receive it, to actually open it up, what must they do? They actually have to accept it and and choose to receive it. I I accept this, uh, that you're giving it to me. So I'm receiving Mm -hmm. what you're giving me. I haven't said to you, here's what I want you to give me. Now, of course, some some kids do uh, and give you the list, you know, and, and expect the list to be done. But um, uh, in its purity, uh, you're the one deciding what to give them. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, right. they can, they can uh, have that beautiful package there and they can accept it or reject it. And rejecting mm-hmm. it would be, I just don't open it. Yeah, right. I, don't, I don't want it. I just don't open it. Um, mm-hmm. In order to receive it, I have to want to receive it, mm-hmm. and then it's there, and I have to open it up. Right. And and then okay, look at okay, what are you giving me? Okay, yeah. it's the, it's the same way spiritually is we have to change our mindset because mm-hmm. we think the burden of Christian life is us determining our own path by performing 
according mm-hmm. to the Bible. Well, let's do this. Let's do this. Let's do this. I try. Uh, by the way, there's a lot of failure with that because of the nature of it. Um, and I'm choosing my own path, which may not even be God's path. Um, and I think of myself as as I have to. And, I, and that's what I see mm-hmm. uh, people uh, stuck in is uh, I need to. I have to. I should do better. Um, I should perform better. I should... Uh, you know, be a better Christian, but I'm not uh, because they're looking at my activity of what I should go do. And God says, well, I'd like you to reverse that mm-hmm. uh, is uh, get into the mode of being a kid and let me give it to you. And all you have to do is have a heart and open it up mm-hmm. uh, and then start processing with me as I'm revealing to you. That's my role. God speaks. I will reveal to you. All you have to do is have to have a heart to be a receiver. So your your right. mindset swi- uh, uh, switches from um, I've got to go figure out life and I better do the right things and I'll try to do the right things. And when I'm not doing the right things, I give up on them. So like a right. couple, a couple, for example, that is always uh, having uh, conflict and arguments. Mm-hmm. Well, as two Christians, they know they know they shouldn't live that way. Well, we shouldn't be living this way, but you fall into that pattern. Uh, and then, well, I'll try something or I'll try to get better, but my self-centeredness really doesn't allow me to. And so I just keep struggling on all sides mm-hmm. of that. I'm guilty because I don't do very good. My spouse, I don't like what they're doing. We're not doing really well. Um, and God says, well, <laughs> you've got to switch your whole thought process and mm-hmm. understanding to be a receiver. Right. Uh, let me speak to you. Let me show you and guide you uh, on your way. Uh, and so then in verse 14, uh, he says, uh, and here's the reason, by the way, to be a receiver, is if you approach things intellectually in the logic, I'm going to, here's what I think, here's what I should do. Mm-hmm. He says, when you do receive uh, in, in, uh, input from God, a revelation from God, uh, in verse 14, it says, you'll consider it as foolishness. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, what's, what's your uh, view of that? Why, why would people say, well, yeah, I'm reading the Bible, but it's kind of, I really think it's kind of, some of it seems to be foolish to me. Yeah. Well, and I think, again, that's a heart posture. It's if we're not surrendering to the spirit to reveal to us that truth and let him work that in us and open our mind to it and kind of step us through the process, it's not going to make any sense. It is going to sound foolish because the reality is what we have experienced is potentially in contrast to what's being told to us and and we'll fall we'll default to our experience right and that's why it's so cool as god teaches us these things as he reveals and we become a receiver he actually walks us through that process so that he builds our experience to then trust him and to know okay this is truth this isn't this isn't foolishness this is what i need to be doing but it's a process and he works it right Right. And, and as you look at, see things that you might even read in scripture, um, because they don't make sense on the surface or they seem contradictory Yes. to my experiences or to what I've seen or what I've ever done, um, when it, when you consider it foolishness, one of the practical things we do is just what I call bypass it. Mm-hmm. We just say, well, I guess, I guess I don't know what that means. This must be something super spiritual. Uh, and it doesn't really impact my life. And so right. 
I just skip it. You know, like for example, mm-hmm. in uh, Psalm 91, uh, it says, if you abide in the shelter of the Almighty, no evil will befall you. So you read that in the English. Uh, and mm-hmm. by the way, the, the English Bible is is not a great actually translation of the of the Greek and Hebrew. So this is where we got to you know, hopefully go deeper. But um, uh, it says, uh, no evil will befall you. Well, you read that and say, well, that's, I that's, see evil everywhere. That's not true. <laughs> I see, I see yeah. uh, every believer having evil happen to them. And, mm-hmm. uh, and didn't Jesus say in John 16, 33, that in the world you're going to have trouble? Uh, so right. wait a second. Um, that doesn't make any sense. It's mm-hmm. foolishness. And so what you do is you just skip over that and you mm-hmm. dismiss it. Uh, and God says, well, if you're looking at Revelation... And you're looking at my ability to help you understand truth. You wouldn't reject anything because the Bible is absolutely true, or anything that I mm-hmm. say is is not is true. Pursue further. So if you're a receiver, uh, and you can again take the analogy of of the kids who open up, you know, a new, uh, let's say, an electronic toy at Christmas, um, and they say, "Well, how does this work?" How am I going to get this to work? You know, and you say, well, read the instructions. <laughs> and they read the instructions like, I still don't know what, I don't, I don't understand this. I don't understand what it means. It's foolishness to me mm-hmm. since, since I'm not getting any help to get this to work. They just set it, they would set it aside and they'd never touch it again. Right. Because uh, right. they didn't receive the fullness of it, yeah, they got a little bit of it. They got to see it. Hey, that was nice, but nothing happened because they they said, "Well, there's no way to help me." So, mm-hmm. but if they said, uh, "Okay, Dad or Mom, um, this is cool. I don't know how to work it. Could you help explain that to me?" Right. You know, and as you, as the father or the mother, you would say, "Sure, mm-hmm. uh, let me help you unpack that to get to the point." where you can understand this, where you can receive it. Um, And that's what God is asking us to do is you receive something and you say, it doesn't make sense in my logic, or I've never experienced that. And God said, I know, Uh, keep pursuing me. Let me ask me some more questions. Let me unpack for you how to make this usable for you Mm -hmm. and truthful for you. Uh, And I love even deeper. In that illustration, you know, you kept using the word help. And I love that is how Jesus described when he was telling his disciples, you know, I'm going to be, I'm going away, but I'm sending you a helper, Right. right. you know, and, Ooh, that's and that's beautiful. so, that's just so accurate as to the role and the fact that he even said, you know, you don't get this now, but this is going to be better for you. You know, you had to be in my presence to dialogue and it's about to be totally blown out of the water where 24 seven, you have access to this helper yes. and that's what his role is. It is a gift to you. And I think we, you know, we need to learn how to, how to utilize that gift right? and just be in relationship with him there. Right. Yeah. So in that, in that example of the scripture of Psalm 91, um, if you said, okay, I'm not going to reject this, um, or consider it foolishness, I need to f- go further Father. It seems contradictory. It it Mm -hmm. seems like people do have evil befall them. Could you explain that to me? Could you help me understand it? Mm -hmm. Uh, And as we teach in the abiding process is that 
uh, through your questions and then through going deeper and sometimes using the computer to get to the Greek and Hebrew to understand, well, exactly what are those words? Because uh, maybe mm -hmm. they're a little bit different in depth than they are in the English. Um, and that's one, yeah. of the re one of the things that causes us to reject them. Can you share just real quick, because the first time I heard this, this was fascinating to me. I've always, I'm a word geek. Yeah. And so I love to go dig into the, the Hebrew and the Greek. But when you sat at that first abide retreat that I went to and explained how, what was lost in translation and the why, yeah. um, that, that all of a sudden made so much sense to me. And it has changed the way that I spend time in the word because I always want to know more. I always want to know, okay, what else did he have to say there? What was more of the context? And so, yeah, can you go into that part a little bit? Yes. Because um, I think that's useful to hear. The original language of scripture uh, is Old Testament Hebrew and New Testament Greek. Um, they happen to be the two most beautiful languages on earth ever. Uh, and the reason is, is that every phrase, every word has a unique um, understanding and uh, meaning to it. Um, and so uh, in the Bible, there are 15,000 different Greek and Hebrew words used to describe the truth of Scripture, which was, which was what it was written in in the original languages and the original scrolls. Um, and by the way, just as a side note, um, the Jews were incredibly accurate <laughs> uh, in translation so that um, after the first century, um, and they were still, remember Bibles, which was scripture had to be passed along, or the mm -hmm. letters of Paul had to be passed along. They had to copy them. You know, that we didn't have, we didn't have copiers or printers, <laughs> no or, printers. or photographs. The Gutenberg uh, press wasn't yeah, out yet. <laughs> no. uh, so they had to copy them. Um, and uh, so they did, they copied them and they, you know, kept it going, you know, century after century, they, they kept copying these uh, scriptures. Uh, well, um, in, um, uh, interesting enough, the year that uh, uh, Israel became a nation, uh, again, they found the Dead Sea Scrolls in Qumran mm -hmm. Caves. Uh, and these were the original scrolls way back during Jesus's time. Uh, and so they compared the scrolls with all the copies that have happened and they were exactly the same. Oh, that's amazing. Uh, when was, were these scrolls found again? Uh, uh, in 1947, uh, the year that uh, um, uh, the uh, nation of Israel became a nation, they discovered uh, in the caves these, these what they call the Dead Sea Scrolls, the original scriptures. Wow. Uh, and, and the cool thing is, is that the accuracy of it, you know, was true so that what we have today isn't something that whoops it got really lost or tran or, mm -hmm. or or changed because people didn't copy it well they discovered right. that you know it's it's the original word it's the word of god it's really it's really a beautiful thing so there's 20 000, or 15,000 words uh, used in uh, the scripture in the english there's only 5,000 mm -hmm. uh, and so uh, we're missing by definition two thirds of the meaning um, and then the way they translated the bibles uh, is basically three different ways. Uh, one is called word for word. And that is that I'm going to take the Greek and Hebrew and give you the best word I can that fits that particular description. Some of them, some of them, as, as we would see the word befall, eh, it wasn't really a perfect translation, but they said, I'm mm -hmm. going to use the best word. 
Uh, and I'm not going to help you at all. I'm just going to give you each individual English word that translates from that Greek and Hebrew word. Uh, but we still only have 5,000 meanings uh, where there's another 10,000 of those words that mean something much deeper or much different. Mm -hmm. um, and then uh, the next one is called thought for thought. Thought for thought is I'm going to use the Greek and Hebrew and I'm going to use those words and stick to those words. But if I can, I'm going to assist you in giving you some some thought about what they mean uh, mm -hmm. in the very translation itself to try to help explain this. Uh, when I was in seminary in the 1970s, uh, my some of my professors at Trinity uh, Evangelical were um, uh, members of that committee. Uh, and there were something like 50 to 75 professors all over the world who were translating the Bible and then they were assisting, you know, thought for thought uh, uh, things. So uh, we're a little bit getting that's by the way, that Bible would be the NIV. Yeah. Or the, or the, One or, of my best friends in high school's RSV. dad was on that team. Oh, cool. Yep. Dr. Uh, Larry Walker. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> he was a sweet man. The word for word Bibles uh, are the uh, King James, which is hard to read, of course, but the New King James, the uh, NASB, New American Standard Bible, and then the new one, which is called the ESV, the English Standard Version. Those are word for word. NIV is thought for thought. Uh, mm -hmm. And it's a really good Bible, except there's a few places where what they give us is representing that theology of the 1970s. Mm -hmm. So like, for example, uh, John 8, 31 says, uh, here's what the Greek says. If you abide in my word, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Um, the word for word Bibles say the same thing because that, that word abide is, is understandable. If you abide in my word, you'll know the truth to set you free. The NIV says something different. It says, if you hold to my teaching, You'll know mm -hmm. the truth and the truth will set you free. So as you're reading that in the English, you would interpret that to mean if I obey what mm -hmm. I read, then I'll know the truth. And he says, no, it's, mm -hmm. it's way more profound than that. It's abiding in the process of hearing me speak my word to you. That's what it's mm -hmm. all about. So there's a little bit sometimes lost in that translation. Uh, it's good Bible. So if you like it, you know, don't don't stop doing it. It's just a matter of going deeper. And then the third third area is called a paraphrase. A paraphrase is a person or a group of people who got together and say, I'm going to give you my interpretation of mm -hmm. what I've read. By the way, a lot of them had read it in the English <laughs> uh, and and translated it. And they, you know, some of them tried to go back to the Greek and Hebrew, but um, I'm giving you my translation. So interesting enough people that are reading paraphrases are not reading the Bible. You're reading a person's opinion of the Bible. So mm -hmm. uh, while uh, for new brand new believers, I encourage them, yeah, use a paraphrase. Uh, it's a good way to get into the aspect of Scripture because it becomes understandable to you. But quickly would be to wean them off that and get mm -hmm. to a Bible that would be a thought for thought or a word for word. Uh, that is now more uh, available to to get mm -hmm. into it. Um, and then as you abide in that and you're journaling that, uh, there's computer programs uh, that give you the, the ability now to take, okay, what is the meaning of that Greek and Hebrew word? So you can go to crosswalk.com right. crosswalk uh, and go to Bible study tools. 
Uh, yeah, you, that's you, my favorite one. You, you're getting <laughs> you're getting to enter in your Bible. There's uh, mm -hmm. studylight.org. Uh, same thing. You can get there to an inner in your Bible, mm -hmm. put up the verses, and then on your computer, you just click on it. Uh, well, I'd like to know what that word evil means in that verse or mm -hmm. befall means in that verse. Um, and when you do that, uh, what you find out in this particular case is that um, the word evil uh, means doesn't mean dark, awful, black. Uh, it means things that irritate, frustrate, annoy, and and are hard against you. Mm. Uh, so the stuff of life that we we all experience, <laughs> and and we say, well, I experienced that. So what's the next word? Well, well, the word befall. We would interpret it as never happens to us. Right. What the the Hebrew there is, it won't characterize your life and stay with you as a normal piece of your life. It's going to happen. That's a big difference big, right big there. Big difference, yeah. That's a huge difference, right? Yeah, yeah. because then your next question would be, uh, and again, through abiding is, okay, uh, I see the difference. Um, I now receive that piece of it. Mm -hmm. you, you're not saying that nothing ever bad happens to me. You're just saying it's not going to stay with me and it's not going yeah. to characterize And it's not going to define me. It's not yeah. going to define me. So your next question as you're receiving more would be, well, how does that work that mm -hmm. it doesn't stay with me? See, because it, you take the very things of Scripture and it stimulates your natural thought of, well, okay, well, then how does that work? Uh, what do you mean it's not going to characterize me? What do you mean it's not going to stay with me? Does that mean you're going to resolve it? And see, God mm -hmm. said, yes. I am going to resolve it. Now, let me walk you through that yeah. piece of it. And that's what leads you deeper and deeper. Because if if you're pursuing God as a receiver, it's like, huh, well, wow, look at that. Well, how does that work? How is that going to actually translate into reality in my life? Because the truth of Scripture has to become real to me or it's really meaningless, which is where mm -hmm. most, most believers are. That's why they just go to church, listen to a sermon. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Uh, it doesn't really change their life. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, they're getting good information and they're getting good good input, but they don't carry it further to say, well, doesn't it have to translate and work out in my life? And God said, yeah, yes, but you got to abide with me and let me do that. Yeah. Well, I think what's interesting, I don't know if you guys recognize this, just listening to the way Rich dialogues just now, he was really giving an example of of a series of questions, a process of him questioning God and God answering and even asking him questions back, you know, cause there is this whole dialogue and questioning. And I think sometimes, um, we are hesitant as Christians to think that we have the right to ask God questions and, and we need to get over that because not only do we have the right to ask him, but he invites them. In fact, that's how we learn from him. He wants us to ask these questions so that we can go deeper. Right. And, and I think we have to retrain ourselves though, because honestly, even you look at the American church, we go, like you said, we go on a Sunday, we listen to the sermon and we walk out and we, we sit and we listen and we don't necessarily interact with Right. So unless we're intentional about taking even the word presented on a Sunday morning and saying, okay, I heard that now, God, what do you want me to do with that this week? And really take the time to dig in and press into that. Then we really are just becoming fat, dumb, and happy. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I think uh, not many people are that happy. <laughs> um, so, um, 
Yeah, as we look at you know what we've just said is that um, all believers uh, can hear God's voice, and all believers, if they're willing to change how they abide in the Word, uh, from the intellect, I'm going to go study, I'm going to go get, I'm going to listen to people tell me facts and information. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to start dialoguing with God in a spiritual process, and I'll just step into that receiving mode. Where God says, let me give it to you. Let me do the work. And I'll actually, and we'll see here, I'll either, I'll actually make that spiritual truth happen inside of you and, and circumstantially as you receive it. Um, and Kathy, I know that you, you've you sent me, because uh, you've been looking at people responding. We have a question <laughs> uh, that came up that kind of relates a little bit about this uh, is, uh, the question is, did Christ die for every single person or did he just die for the people that would come to him uh, as he as the scriptures in, in many places in John and Ephesians uh, imply that, well, the, the connectivity is because he died for you. He, he uh, uh, did his work. And uh, this is where God is trying to actually open this up to say no um, to, on two levels. Uh, everybody uh, is available for me to experience them. So when he went to the cross, um, he died. And when he was, remember at the cross at his last words, what he said, it is what? It is finished. It is finished. Uh, It is completed. And then it says he sat down at the right hand of God. Um, And there's a great discussion of this in Hebrews 8, 9, and 10, particularly 10, uh, uh, 10 to 18, where he says, I did my work at the cross and then I sat down because it was done once and for all. That's what it says there. Mm-hmm. It was done once and for all, never to have to be done again. I died for everybody. I forgave everybody at the cross. And then he reinforces that in Second Peter and says, it is not my will that any should, mm-hmm. what? Should perish. Perish. Yeah. None shall perish. So it's not that there's a select few, but rather he said, I've done it for all. It's already completed on the forgiveness side, but there is an issue. And the issue Mm -hmm. is receiving it and reconciling with it. So that has he forgiven everybody? Yes, once and for all done. Is he reconciled with everybody? No. No. Uh, Okay, now think about that. How come? Because we have to choose to engage to be reconciled. We have to process that truth that I'm, I'm uh, sure I, I fall short of the requirement, which is perfection. Mm-hmm. Uh, Christ died for me. Uh, he went to the cross to, and he forgave me at that cross. And now he invites me to receive that mm-hmm. word we've been using today. Receive that. Uh, and and accept that and now have him as my Lord and Savior. And now I can have relationship with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so um, he says, yes, I redeemed everybody. I, I offered redemption to everybody through my work, but everybody does not receive it. And there will be people who will perish and spend mm-hmm. eternity literally separated from him, what's called hell. Uh, in darkness. They will not have the life of God mm-hmm. eternally. They're going to live eternally, by the way. It's just a matter of where. Right. Um, are you going to be with him because you've processed that truth, what he has already finished, or do you not accept it or, or deal with it 
and now I'm going to be separated from him. And he can't see the thing is he can't change that truth. Mm-hmm. So there's a, a thing even creeping in now, of course, called universalism, even in the churches that, mm-hmm. you know, there isn't any Satan, there isn't any darkness. Uh, I just heard a, a pastor, a very famous uh, a, a, a TV pastor uh, said, I'm convinced that God is going to save everybody in hell afterwards. Mm. No. Uh, sorry, because they didn't make that that transaction of, of truth. Yeah, it's interesting what you're talking about right now, I think lends itself to when we talk about things that we have a hard time when we're not willing to question and to process with God, we have a hard time reconciling what we would do if we were God right, right. and what he and what he is doing. And then we have a hard time saying he's just if it doesn't line up with what we believe. But I've heard somebody teach before, and I just thought this was so profound and so important to pay attention to. You know, there's a lot of people who will say Christianity is so exclusive that um, that we we shut so many people out, and you know, the the narrow is the path, and all of that. But when you look at what happened on the cross, we are the most inclusive religion there possibly is. The only requirement to come to salvation because he did it for all of us is that we choose to receive and believe it. Right. The only requirement. There is not another religion out there that has less required of you. (laughs) Honestly, you just have to step in and be willing to go with him. And that's open to every single person. So it is not exclusive in the invitation. No, it's limited in who accepts it. Right. Right. So the truth is, has he forgiven everybody? Has he performed what he did at the cross for everybody? Yes. Uh, But is everybody reconciled to that or receiving that? No because there's this aspect of free will. Um, I don't force you to do it. Uh, I offer it to you as my opportunity for you to receive it. And you have to decide and choose, I would like to receive it. And once you do, now you cross over into the life of God forever. Mm -hmm. Uh, And he said, now redemption that that I fulfilled once and for all for everybody is now experienced by you. And if you don't, you will actually live without ever experiencing that mm-hmm. uh, and you'll be separated from me. So um, uh, we will continue this, uh, this thought, but it was a great question uh, that uh, people have on their mind about you know, this whole mm-hmm. process. And it really relates to this aspect of receiving. And we'll take that a little bit deeper uh, next time. So uh, Kathy, uh, uh, our time is kind of up today, but uh, uh, We'd like people to, and I'll put this on the screen, um, that uh, we'd love for you to send the questions in on the, on the YouTube Absolutely. YouTube channel, make comments, uh, and we'll get them and, and we'll answer those questions. You can email us at questions at um, uh, afjministry.com, questions at afjministry.com, and we'll get those and we'll process as well. We've already gotten uh, several already, uh, mm-hmm. even before we've started uh, this process. So we'll be able to answer those, which we'll take the time to do yeah. so that uh, the things that are on your heart, we want to address because there's no rush to this. And uh, each time that Kathy and I do this, which we're having a great time doing, <laughs> um, we're not trying to get through anything. Um, mm-hmm. We're just trying to be here available uh, to help you understand what it means to walk with God, to hear his voice and to get wisdom in this very chaotic world, which is what, what we're all going to need. So right. uh, it's been a, been a great you, fun today. 
Absolutely. And if you have found this interesting and encouraging today, be a friend and tell a friend, um, pass the word and have them subscribe to the podcast or, or join in on the YouTube broadcast. We would love to have you joining us. Yes, so more sure people would. joining us. Well, we love you guys and uh, we'll look forward to uh, next time and we'll pick it up again uh, from there. Have a great, great day. Thank you for joining us for today's episode of Come and See, your podcast for truth in a world of chaos. Brought to you by All for Jesus Living Waters Ministry. Send us your questions and comments and tune in tomorrow for more answers to your personal questions about living life in God's truth. Remember, God's will is best and none better. His truth brings peace in this world of chaos.